So it's okay. This will be the official episode 15. Welcome to episode 15 of The Snack Covenant, a podcast of which maybe one third of what we record is actually usable. (laughs) We've been talking for about 40 minutes, but we're now going to start discussing Sekiro. The previous 40 minutes will never be heard by anyone. (laughs) And I guess since this is the official episode 15, this is where we should apologize to everyone who was brought here by Lance. Oh yeah, we're really sorry. (laughs) Like, we we didn't ask him to mention us. We're just just friends with him. Yeah, he's nice. And it's like... Like I don't know how many of the of the like three hundred people who came over have have stayed after listening to anything that we've ever done. It's just if you're still here, we're grateful, but also we're sorry. And <sighs> yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna curse this episode. And I'm going to say this is not going to be very long, because the previous one we did was three hours long, <laughs> which is why this is now episode 15, and that's going to be episode 16, or possibly like 18. Or 20. <laughs> or it'll just never come out. We're already off topic. We need to stick, we need to, stick to landing. Yeah. Okay, so this is going to be a, frankly, rather pointless discussion of Sekiro's gameplay because we haven't played it, but (laughs) we've seen other people who have played it and made notes. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm going to interrupt you for a second, Richie. Please. When you say we've seen it, I think you might be mistaken. Have you not seen it? Well, I had things to do, okay? I had yeah. to edit other podcasts, yeah. and then I had to drink a mojito with a friend. Yeah. and Eat a jar of Nutella. <laughs> buy a whole I lot just- of candy, which you then described in detail for about yeah. 10 minutes. <laughs> but you know, every time I would describe a candy to you, because it's really good candy. Like, okay, um- Sekiro has candy in it. <laughs> but let me finish about my candy story. No. Every time I would describe the candy to you, I would pick it up and point it to the microphone so you could see. It's very good. I just want you to appreciate the effort I go to for you. I feel like I'm the captain of a huge, unwieldy ship that I'm trying to dock. (laughs) Okay, so Sekiro has candy? Yes, it does. What kind of candy? Well, we'll get to it uh, when we discuss. <laughs> I, I made some notes because I did actually watch some Sekiro footage. <laughs> and the best part was I watched Vardy's Sekiro footage, which has no commentary. Mm-hmm. And I, I was paying attention to, like, the, the HUD and, like, how everything worked. And I was writing down, like, based on what was changing, how everything worked. And then mm-hmm. it turns out that Epic Name Bro also has a Sekiro gameplay video up where he just explains all of that. So, oh. yeah, so I, I could have just watched that. Oh, so we should just tell people to watch that. Yes. 
but like um there's like Hello? a tiny amount of difference between Vardy's and Oh no, and I think Marcus's. Richard died. <laughs> I think uh, am I not there? <laughs> I think this was this was it. That's what pushed Rich over the edge. He'll never talk to me again. What? He probably just hung up and left. He's like, fuck these podcasts. <laughs> he just sent me a message saying, I can hear you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I can't hear you, though. Did <laughs> You're talking. <laughs> uh, let me see. Is that something that happened to me? Okay, let me. Is my volume okay? Have you just muted something? Oh! Yeah, I don't know what, but <laughs> something got muted. <laughs> oh, I know what happened. Okay, because as you said that other people have gameplay, I wanted to be like, oh, I'm going to go look at it so that, like, you know, I'll have a little bit of an idea. So I clicked on the video, but then I'm like, oh, I don't want the video to talk over you. So I pressed mute. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Click that it would mute you as well. And then I was a little confused, but then. Okay, good. <laughs> so as I was saying, people should go watch the other ones to get an informative view on what's going on. Well, and- I was going to say that, like, Vardy and Epic Name Bro both do slightly different things in their playthroughs. Mm-hmm. So we will talk about both. Oh, okay. Awesome. Yeah. Go ahead. All right, then. (laughs) The demo that they're playing is set in in what looks like the same area that was shown off in the trailer. Um, You don't see the fiery part. There's no burning temple, but the sort of castle grounds is the setting. The area is called um, Ashina Castle. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Um. This problem is you haven't you haven't seen any of this, so you have no questions. It's okay. I'm watching it now. Are you eating? <laughs> I can hear you chewing. <laughs> okay. So the God. <laughs> so Sekiro, obviously, you have a grappling hook. That's one of the big changes in this game that's like makes it different from the previous souls games mm-hmm. the way the grappling hook works is like there's no you don't have free reign to grapple on anything there's very specific preset grappling points and they're shown on the screen they have a little icon above them and if they're off the screen there's a little arrow that points to where they are so you can't just grapple anything you have to grapple these specific mm-hmm. points so it's a little like uh, batman or something yeah, yeah. You have an Estus Flask-like thing that's just called the Healing Gourd. It gives you X number of heals. It recharges at checkpoints. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, basically, the the big difference between Epic Name Bro's video and Vati's video is that at the start of Vati's video... Um, okay, so both of them start with the, the main character, who is just called the Shinobi. He is on a little rocky outcrop. And the idea is that the castle is in front of you and there's like a branch that's a grappling point and you grapple onto the branch and swing across. That's what Epic Name Bro does. Vati doesn't. Vati falls off the side. Uh-huh. I'm going to assume it was deliberate. Um, 
he falls way, way down, and it's like a really long drop that in a Souls game would kill you. But in Sekiro, it doesn't. It just takes off some hit points. Okay. And he lands on a little tiny kind of ledge down the bottom of this mountain, and uh, that acts as a way for him to enter the castle basically from below rather than from above. So, already, like, in this demo, there are two- like, there's a branching path at the beginning. So, even though, like, the order that you tackle the areas in might be linear, it looks like the levels themselves are quite complex, a bit like- uh, a bit like how Central Yarnum, like, you always have to start in Central Yarnum and always have to go to Cathedral Ward- but there's like five or six different ways to get through Central Yarn. So it, it looks mm-hmm. a bit like that. Um, That's cool. Yeah. So the the grappling hook is it's part of your character's prosthetic arm. And the the demos showed off three other prosthetic arm attachments. These attachments, they have like basically an ammo system that are called white spirit emblems. Mm-hmm. They work like Quicksilver Bullets and Bloodborne. You seem to get, like, the enemies tended to give you, like, between three and ten every time you killed one of them. The maximum that the character seemed to be able to hold was 15. I don't know if you can, like, upgrade the character to get higher or anything like that. But, um, yeah, it, it looks like it's a kind of combination of Bloodborne and the Souls games where, like, your healing thing recharges automatically at every- checkpoint, but then you also have a limited ammo resource that you have to farm for. The three prosthetic weapons that they showed off in the demo, one was called the Loaded Axe, which was shown off in the trailer. Uh, Basically, that is just an axe shoots out of your arm and you smash down with it. Mm -hmm. That used two of the White Spirit emblems, and it looks like it's a guard break thing. You use it to break open enemy shields. There was a Shuriken that you could shoot out of your arm that took one uh, white spirit emblem. And then there was a thing called the flame vent that was looked really interesting. It was basically like a very small kind of flamethrower thing that came out of your arm. And it did, when you used it, it initially did a projectile attack, but then the flame lingered on your sword. So it was also like a weapon buff. And that used two of these white spirit emblems to fire. So those are the three... Those are the three attack things they showed off and combine. And then there's the mm-hmm. um, the grappling hook, which is the fourth one, which doesn't use any emblems because it's necessary for the game to progress. So you can't run out of ammo for it. Mm-hmm. You also see a description of the white spirit emblem in the trailer, which says a white page. Oh, not the trailer. You see a description of the white spirit emblem in the demo when they pick it up and it just says... A white paper doll required for using prosthetic tools. White spirit emblems harbor the souls of the dead. Only a shinobi can find use for such a thing. So, uh, it's similar to- it looks a bit like the Souls games where, like, you'll kill an enemy and then a little little paper doll will sort of fly out and move toward the character and that's you getting more white spirit emblems. Okay. And I'm looking here, um, he- <clears throat> He's going to pray to Sculptor's Idol. Yeah, the, is- the Sculptor's Idols are the equivalent of the bonfires. Bonfires, yeah. yeah. Um, do you want to talk about- We'll talk about those and how they tie into the death and resurrection thing. Okay. Okay, so one of the things about Shadows Die Twice- uh, One of the things about Sekiro 
Sekiro colon shadows die twice. <laughs> is this that they have sort of changed up how the resurrection system works? So you'll you get the you if your character dies, you get the standard souls like you died screen, but then instead of the game immediately reloading you to the checkpoint, you get an you have two options which are. Uh, what, yeah, which are just die and resurrect. So, if you choose resurrect, you immediately get back up and you're on half hit points. The number of resurrections you can do is tied to this little icon that's above your hit points bar. Um, I don't know what they're called. I'm just going to call them lives. So, basically, like, you use a life to resurrect yourself on the- it's the exact point at which you died. The enemies, like, have not respawned. If you've damaged a boss, it's still damaged, etc. And what happens is that you use one of these, like, lives to respawn yourself, and then the more you damage enemies and the more you kill enemies after that, you can start, like, earning lives back. So, in the demo, they showed off- uh, the, they seem to only have two, but I assume you can get more than two at some point. Um, the uh, So, yeah, that's how it works. So, basically, you have a limited number of, of uh, respawns per life. And then if you run out of those, you just reload back at the Sculptor's Idol as if it were a bonfire. If you die and then you pick die rather than resurrect, you respawn back at the bonfire, but you keep all of your lives. So, if you have, like, two resurrects left, you die, then you choose die, you end up back, but you keep the two resurrections that you had. Whereas, rather, if you had used them up, you would you would have to kill enemies to get them back, is how it works. There's a shot- um, sorry. Um, they show off in the gameplay that, like, that is used to catch enemies off guard. So, for example, in the video that Vardy does, he dies fighting a sort of mid-boss character called Samurai General. So, his character dies, and then the Samurai General just, like, cleans his sword off and walks away. So, as the as the Samurai General is walking away, Vardy uses the resurrect thing. His character gets back up, and because the General is not facing him, he's able to get a backstab in. And then the fight continues. Every time you do that, you get back up on half your hit points, it looks like, and the number of heals you get doesn't reset. So, you can't just, like, continuously tank through it. You have to use it strategically. So, yeah, um, in some ways, it almost seems to be more forgiving than the way it works in Souls, because in Souls, if you die once, you just go back to the, the bonfire equivalent. Whereas in this, if you die once, you have the option of resurrecting on the spot or going back to the bonfire thing. So, it it basically seems to mean that if you're having issues with a boss, you could just, like, in between every boss fight, farm enemies to get your number of resurrections back up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I don't know how that's going to play out. It might get a bit tedious if, like, if you run- if you sort of hit a wall, I can imagine, like, in between each boss attempt, you having to, like, kill a couple of dozen, like, weak enemies to get your resurrections back. So, hopefully that doesn't get too tedious. Mm-hmm. Mm. And you know how we saw symbols appear during combat? Yeah. What are those again? 
I think they just mean like evade or strike back. Okay. I think they might just be cues to like parry and stuff. Oh, another thing about the the sculptor's idols is that part of the game that's shown off, like there's a sculptor's idol and then a boss, and then immediately after the boss is another sculptor's idol. So they were very, very close together. In like like close together in the same way that like people sort of complained about Dark Souls 3's bonfires being too close. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so I don't know if that's if that's going to be like that throughout the whole game, but they were they were extremely close together. I hope it's not. To be honest, I really liked the idea of like having bonfires that are not super close. It created this yeah. feeling of like I must get to a bonfire soon. Like, yeah, like this tension, you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm looking at the gameplay. It's, it seems okay. It seems pretty neat. I really like the animation. Like yeah. it seems very smooth, and I like the the combat. Seems really cool. Yeah, there's a dedicated jump button which we haven't had before. Oh snap! That's so amazing. there's a lot of I've heard um, from Epic Name Bro that I think I heard from like I talked to him. Like I mean, in his video, he talks <laughs> yeah. about how like the jump button is it's more it's more involved than the gameplay sort of is showing off. Because it's quite complicated that you can do things mm-hmm. like double jump and you can apparently wall jump. Like if you jump onto a wall, you can then jump off again in the opposite direction and kind of like scale surfaces that way. Mm-hmm. So that would be interesting to experiment with, but I haven't yeah. seen any footage of it. And there's also like stealth mechanics. Yeah, that's an interesting thing. Um, so the stealth mechanics in in the Vati playthrough. Sorry, just dropped something. So the stealth mechanics. Did you injure yourself? Are no, you okay? No, I didn't. I didn't drop it on me. I'm not you. <laughs> also, it wasn't like a heavy object I was randomly poking with a knife. <laughs> <laughs> so in If you let me ask you something. If you're yes. taking a bath and then you have your laptop there on the side, um like to watch or listen to things like i saw in movies that if you drop a toaster in a bathtub you might die yes if you drop a laptop in a bathtub um i think it would depend on whether it was plugged in and uh the laptop would would probably die anyway what about the person in the bathtub uh well we could we could find out (laughs) i think we might one day So, basically, if you stop responding to my messages, I assume that's what's happened. I think so. (laughs) Okay, so, the stealth mechanics. In the Vati video, he falls down the little- onto this little ledge, and then as he's crossing the ledge, there's just a prompt to hold X, and that makes you, like, stick to the wall and move very slowly. Mm -hmm. And then later on, it looks like- there's apparently like a dedicated crouch button so that when you're in long grass, you can crouch down. And when you crouch down, that makes a little vignette effect appear on the screen. And that makes it harder for enemies to detect you. So it's similar to crawling in a Metal Gear game. Mm-hmm. Mm. And also similar to the Metal Gear games, there are enemies that just seem to exist to alert other enemies that you are there. So one of the things they showed off was a little kind of guy with a gong. And when that character spotted the player, they would start ringing the gong, which would alert the enemies in the area that you were there. I think that's pretty original because usually 
like the character would run somewhere. No, no, never mind. In Dark Souls, they did the same thing, right? Whereas some guy with a lantern, if they see you, they wake up other guys. Yeah, and like they do it in Bloodborne as well, the lantern Thumerians, yeah. How? Well, it's the same thing. There's just Thumerians with lanterns, and if they see you, they start like shaking them and all the other ones rush to you. But yeah, it seemed a lot more like a kind of Metal Gear Solid like alert system thing. Mm-hmm. Also, um, when you're not detected, you get little on-screen indicators showing like where enemies are. So you can like you'll get little like orange and um, yellow and green arrows pointing toward like where sources of noise are. Wait, so you get you get some sort of indicators on screen? Yeah, they look like they're uh. just little little arrows pointing at like I guess sources of movement or noise. So they're they're leaning into the stealth aspect, the ninja aspect, a lot. I think you're supposed to play it in a way that you don't. You're supposed to not get seen. Yeah, but I don't know if I'm okay with any sort of indicators on the screen, other than like a health bar and an Estus bar or whatever. Because I I had it took me a lot of time to get used to not having a map, not having anything. And now that I'm used to it, I don't want it. Yeah, but you're also saying, like, that you're happy it doesn't involve leveling up because you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> yeah, and I'm but starting that's to wonder that, like, they, <laughs> the fact that mm-hmm. you can't level up might be a problem because you won't be able to, like, grind your way through things. No, I'm okay with that because that means you just got to learn to play it well. Yeah, but you still haven't beaten Dark Souls 1. But that's because Dark Souls 1 has leveling and upgrades. You saw the sword I play with? Yeah. What sword do I play with, Richie? The Sunlight Straight Sword plus zero. Yeah, so you can understand why it's taking me a little while. Yeah. 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 Do you want to tell people the story about how I beat Seath with the Sunlight Sword plus zero? Well, I think it's more accurate to say we beat Seath. Uh, but didn't you die? Well, I died after doing about 98% of Seath's health bar. And then you ran in front of him frantically flailing and hitting <laughs> R1 and sounding like you were going to cry. And then <laughs> miraculously you survived on one hit point. One hit point. I feel like it's not a miracle. I feel like it's true skill right there. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, yeah. Yeah, so that being said, I don't know if I'm cool with having an indicator on screen. But I guess you could turn it off if you really wanted to, right? Well, this is the thing. Based on like what I've seen of the sword combat, the encounters really emphasize fighting one person at a time. Yeah, I noticed that too. I'm yeah. really happy about that. But what I mean is like maybe you want to be stealthy because otherwise like fighting more than one person at a time might screw you over, so you want to take them out, like, one at a time. No, no, yeah, but you want to be stealthy, but you got to use your own real-life eyes and look around and stuff, you know? Without indicators. Is what I'm trying to say. But what if the indicators represent sound? You got to hear! You put on your headphones and you listen! Okay, okay. No, you were about to say something. You were like, so? I was going to say, do you want to talk about the sword combat? Oh, yeah, let's talk about the sword combat. So, the combat is 
is it, it looks similar to the Souls combat if you just look at it, but it plays very, very differently. And there's a big emphasis on Miyazaki said in an interview he wanted to create the the sensation of blades clashing, and that's definitely what I see a lot of in the in the Sekiro gameplay. It's based around uh, you have one katana that you fight everyone with, and then. Mm-hmm. Rather than sort of just, like, wailing on someone and watching the hit points go down and then occasionally blocking, everyone's got what they're calling the posture meter, which is like a- it's like a little yellow bar above their head. And as your swords clash, depending on, like, who is attacking and who is defending and how you time it, you will reduce the enemy's posture. And then when the posture is reduced to, like, the point where they're- they're sort of- they- they kind of go into, like, a break mode. It's like being stunned in Bloodborne. They they become vulnerable, and then you can do what the game calls a shinobi death blow. When you do a shinobi death blow, it does, like, a huge amount of damage. So, the idea is, like, you could chip away at enemy hit points, but you want to go for, like, breaking the posture and then doing the death blow attack. Mm-hmm. One thing they also showed off is that boss enemies will have multiple health bars. Oh. So, the idea is, like... You wear down- you can't, like, one-shot them. You have to do that many shinobi death blows to them. Mm-hmm. So, like, the samurai general that they showed off, he had two. So, you had to do- break him down, use a death blow once, then he would get back up and you had to use a death blow again. Rather than him having, like, a set amount of hit points and you had to take them down, like, from from A to B. You specifically had to reduce his health to zero twice in a row. Mm-hmm. There was also, um, like, the way that the posture works is that if you are- if you're too aggressive, then, like, your posture is going to go down. But then if you back off, the enemy posture starts returning again because there's no one attacking them. So, you have to constantly manage the enemy posture while you're fighting. Right. And there was a scene in Epic Name Bros video where, like, he was fighting this samurai guy. He got his posture down very low. Then he backed off. And then as soon as he backed off, the samurai guy did this, like- um, pos- like move or like a stance change or something and when he did that the posture just immediately went back up again so so it's not like it's a more dynamic thing it's not like you're reducing a hit point pool you actually have to like there's like a sort of struggle like a give and take with the enemy rather than a just a linear like number going up or down which is which looks very interesting mm-hmm. yeah oh that's cool yeah, and doing these, um, doing the shinobi death blows seems to give you the like the resurrects when you use them, or at least it like gives you a lot of, uh, lot of like whatever the attribute is toward getting another one. Hmm. Mm. So, how do you feel about this game? Do you like it? Uh, I'm liking it more the more I see of it. Yeah, because me initi- too. initially it did just look like another Souls game, but the. Mm-hmm. The sword combat stuff is looking very interesting. I am slightly, I'm slightly concerned. Like Neo had this problem as well, where like the combat system is extremely refined, which meant that all the enemies were kind of the same thing because of the way that it's designed. Like you sort like it's designed for sword fights, so you know that most of the game is going to be sword fights. 
Unlike, say, like Dark Souls, where you could have a sword fight, but also you, you know, like archery was possible, magic was possible. Yeah. All these weird builds were possible. This looks like it's hyper-focused on one thing. Although, like, one of the sort of a mid-boss character they show off uh, does not have a sword. He is a big, he's called the Chained Ogre. Oh, it's Gascoigne. He does look very Gascoigne-like. He's just like this enormous guy, sort of like- his he's in he looks like he's in the stocks and there's all these chains attached to him. He obviously hmm. doesn't have a sword. He just he actually looks like he's using Andre's move set from Dark Souls One. Like he tries to sort of like he kicks you and does elbow drops and stuff. <laughs> nice. And that that did play out a bit more like a like a traditional sort of Soulsy fight where you you just fighting this massive thing. Um, even though that character did not have a sword, they still had the posture meter, which had to be reduced, and then. When the posture meter was reduced, you got the same, like, Shinobi death blow. Uh, what was interesting about that guy is that because he was so big, he had a grapple point on him. So, oh, the, wow, play- the player cool. was able to grapple onto him during the fight and, like, jump up to the- kind of jump up on his back like a, like a sort of miniature shadow of the Colossus thing and just stab at him. <laughs> and um, we've seen in the trailer that, like, there appears to be a giant snake boss. So, obviously, yeah. that's not going to have a sword. Or is it? Well, I noticed that in <laughs> when Vardy falls off the cliffside, there is this huge, it looks like shedded snake skin, like hanging off the side of the cliff. Oh, snap. So, I think that's foreshadowing that that snake boss is going to be in that area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I noticed in the end uh, of Vardy's playthrough, there's uh, a note that reads- Turn back if you value your life. You can't behead the headless. Our swords and pikes did nothing. Yep. They're called shrine notes, and it looks like they're- It specifically says, like, read shrine note is the prompt. So, it looks like Mm -hmm. this is going to be a recurring thing. There's going to be multiple notes like this left around the area. Why does it say you can't behead the headless? Well, we don't know because we haven't gotten there yet. Did Jura leave this note? About Lawrence. Oh my god, I didn't think of that. But yeah, because Jury's like, turn back, Hunter. And then Lawrence is headless. So it's like putting the two together. Yeah. 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 Did we solve it? Yes, theory real. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> okay. Um... Good. That was that was seven minutes shorter than you listing all the different ways you've been injured. <laughs> Be specific. Not that I've been injured, but in a ways that I accidentally injured myself <laughs> due to my yeah, own. Yeah, that's stupidity. true. Yeah, we shouldn't we shouldn't use the passive voice here. Like this, this yeah. was just you like randomly hitting things and sticking knives and stuff. Oh, I forgot to mention the candy. Oh yeah, the candy. Okay, this this is the most interesting, well, not interesting, but sort of odd thing to me because this is picked up on screen and it mentions something that I don't understand and no one ever used it. I'll explain it, but go ahead. Protection sugar, sugar candy that increases defense. A Buddhist candy prepared by the nuns of the inner sanctum. Bite down and perform the Kongorikishi stance to receive its blessing. So, like, I don't know if. That's just flavor text that, like, you perform that stance when you use the item or there is actually a stance system in it. 
Oh. Because the samurai generals that were being fought, they did appear to change stances during the fights. Like, they would change where their weapon was positioned. So- Interesting. Yeah, I, I don't- But, like, no one playing the game mentioned that their character could change stance. So, I don't know. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, another interesting thing I noticed is that there's an enemy that looks like a nun with a candle and they're running away. Yeah, they're um they're before the first sculptor idol. So, like, why do you kill them if they're running away? They seem pretty scared. Yeah, they probably. I guess they probably alert other enemies. Oh. I noticed that, like, that's uh, why they're showing off stealth. Is like you can just stick to the wall and that that nun won't notice you and just walk by. Uh, can you, like, do you have to kill people or can you just, like, strangle them type deal? Well, strangling people would kill them. No, but, like, you strangle them so they're sleeping. Oh, you put them in a sleeper hold. Yeah. Uh, well, from what I saw, you do a lot of neck breaking. <laughs> I I kind of hope that there is an option to sort of put people to sleep as opposed to always killing them. So you want a Souls game with a no-kill run? Yeah. Yeah. But, like, not just no kill run, but, like, a sleep run. You put everyone to sleep, including the bosses. Metal Gear Solid 2 lets you do that. Including the bosses? They die anyway, but yeah. Oh, Did you just spoil Metal Gear Solid 2 for me? Well, it's it's been out for a while. What's up with you and spoiling decade-old games for me that I haven't played? Well, are you going to play it? The answer is no, but it doesn't matter. I don't want a game spoiled that I'll never play. That's the principle of the thing, Richard. We, you're, are, are we spoiling Sekiro right now? Yes. Yeah. I am bending my principles for this podcast. That's how much I love it. Yeah, okay. If I talk funny right now, it's because I have candy in my mouth. So, yeah, again, just apologizing to anyone who came here from Lance's channel. <laughs> Thought this would be good. <laughs> Was subjected to this. <laughs> okay, so I guess this is it. I guess that yeah that that was short. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but I wanted to say I actually really like um in the demo I like the environment because it looks very spacious. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a lot of grapple points in the game. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's just ton everything seems to be like every tree every like outcrop you can grapple onto. Mm-hmm. No, it seems I'm I'm really liking it to be honest. Like I wasn't super enthusiastic about it at first. Um, well, at first when we first 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 talked about it, yeah, the thing that we didn't even release and put on Patreon because we were so depressed. But- yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, I really like it. I like the environment. I I like how the gameplay feels, like, really smooth. Yeah. And the enemies seem to be interesting. Like, the design of the enemies seem to be cool. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that um, the number of grappling points interests me. You were talking about it at some point, how you would like this game where it's, like, an yeah. urban environment with grappling hooks. I was thinking that, like, because in the, in the first trailer, you didn't see the character grappling much. 
And I thought it would just be there would be a couple of grappling points and otherwise the level was linear. But they have- there's so many grappling points and you have a dedicated jump button. Mm -hmm. And the way that it's been described that you can wall jump like in between two walls, like Ninja Gaiden style. That makes me more interested in in the environments because the ones that we saw in the trailer were largely like flat. Because the trailer- the trailer- I don't think played up the verticality very well, but the gameplay has really emphasized how vertical everything is. Mm-hmm. I also like, I guess it's um, like, you know, the trees around with yeah. like foliage or whatever. I really yeah. like that in the game. Yeah. So I'm really digging this. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it funny how I won't go out in real life, but I really like trees in the game. It's just depressing, really. (laughs) Yeah. Another thing, what I'm interested in is how much they play up the supernatural aspect of it. Right. Because we know that there are fantasy elements. We know that there is a giant snake monster. And now we have this reference to, like, uh, you cannot behead the headless. Mm Mm-hmm. So, the- I think, like, my interest is going to hinge on how much they lean into that. Because we already have, like, there is not a a lack of Sengoku-era action games. Mm-hmm. But if if they play up the, like, sort of horror stuff, because we in the trailer they talk about, like, the Lord's bloodline, and obviously there's this huge, like, chained-up man who's all swollen and- Yeah. The way that you, your prosthetic weapon is not- it's not described in purely mechanical terms. It's, like, actually powered by the souls of people who you kill. Oh! Oh, it's like the Lugarius Glove! Yeah. 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 Is this a prequel to Bloodborne? I'm sure that there will be videos about that. <laughs> Is this the Executioner's story? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and I notice how there are leaves that are falling as you're playing. I really like that, too. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm really, yeah, I'm excited about this. Yeah. There was something else. Oh, yeah, so you were talking about the supernatural elements. Yeah. I hope it's kind of like Bloodborne, where it starts off kind of like supernatural or whatever, and then it goes completely insane. Yeah, I'm hoping that as well. And there is a, it's cool, there's a death sign. As the. Oh, as yeah, the. True Soulsborne game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just to remind you that you're dead, noob. <laughs> oh, and I just noticed, um, you know, the, the stealth grass or whatever? Yeah, that's what it's called. <laughs> that's what it's called, the stealth yeah, grass? Yeah, the, the samurai lords would plant stealth grass around their <laughs> castles. Yeah, but some of it just got burned. That's cool. I, yeah, I did not notice that. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, it looks like they are leaning more into Tenchu than mm-hmm. I initially thought. Initially, I thought it was just going to be another action game, but you're a samurai. But this is very clearly, like, back to Tenchu, back to stealth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think this will be a Demon Soul sequel? Yes. 
Well, you don't know. That's my lock of the week. <laughs> Maybe you'll end up in the dungeons and it will be revealed that it's a Demon Soul sequel. Where the trees are all bed of chaos. Yes. Yes. <laughs> no, I really I'm really digging the animation where he like breaks someone's neck and then takes out the knife. Like it's very cool, you know? Yeah. You know how Bloodborne is really cool without like trying? Yeah. Uh I'm I'm getting the same feel from this. Even though I think the character's get up isn't as cool as Bloodborne get up. And that's something that and that's something that bothered me a little bit, where it's like, I wish he was a little sleeker and more like stylistic or whatever. Well the other thing is that he's apparently just called the Shinobi. Mm-hmm. Which makes me wonder why he's a preset character at all. Maybe like, he's not. Surely, surely maybe. anyone can be the shinobi? Well, maybe that's a plot twist that we'll find out as we play the game. You know, maybe there is, like, character creation and all that. Do you want me to spoil Metal Gear Solid Five? You already did. Okay. Did you forget the games you spoiled for me? In one of the trailers or a poster, his eyes were a little different, and people were like, oh my god, what if it's not him? And then you're like, no, 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 you guys are exaggerating. And then turns out it's not him. But do you know how that plays out, though? I have no idea. Okay, you start off Metal Gear Solid Five creating a character, but then you play yeah, as a preset character. Yeah, and then you're character. in a hospital. Yeah. Wait, And then what? at the end- yeah. Yeah. You create a character, then you play okay. as a preset character, then at the end it reveals that the character you created at the beginning became the preset character. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay, that's cool, though. Wow. Kojima is a really cool guy, huh? Well, the thing is, he he does it purely to explain his own, like, immensely tangled and contradictory Metal Gear continuity. <laughs> It's basically to explain why there's two copies of the same guy so that he can die in two different ways. Hello. <laughs> yeah, and we had a whole episode on that when we were talking about Death Stranding, when we touched upon various Kojima games. Yeah, that that you haven't played. <laughs> that we haven't played. <laughs> I think, like, your forte is trailer impressions, because you don't actually have to play the game. You can just look you at know the what? trailer. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very good at trailer analyses because they're very short. <laughs> I think, like, maybe we should um, do a Tenshu episode. I feel like somebody asked for that. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I played the original Tenshu on PS1 and I haven't played any since then. Yeah, so maybe, like... We could play the other Tenchu games and talk about those as like a Sekiro lead-in. Yeah, we should. And it was actually Ali who said uh, if we could do a podcast on Tenchu and Sekiro, like yeah. how yeah. they could be part of the same universe, etc. Oh, you should play Neo as well. I have it. I've been meaning to. I played the demo for like three minutes. Yeah, and um, I don't know. Yeah, I. Because one of the things about Neo is, like, it has an extremely deep and interesting combat system. But because mm -hmm. the combat system is kind of designed very specifically around one-on-one -on -one duels, it means that there isn't a lot of enemy variety because they all kind of have to play the same with the exception of, like, weird novelty enemies. So, you get, like, 
soldiers that you fight and then slightly stronger soldiers and then like kind of named general characters who you have to deal with. And then, but that's like a lot of the game. And then the rest is weird, like troll things or like a little, little ghost that chases you. (laughs) And it, it, it just like, even people who like, I, I like Neo. Um, even people I know who really, really, really like Neo are quite like critical of the lack of variety because the, like the variety in the combat system is extremely granular. Like, if you're really, really deep into Neo, fighting someone with a mid-stance spear is different to fighting someone with a low-stance spear, which is different to fighting someone with, like, a mid-stance katana, which is different. To- but ultimately, they are still all just guys with, like, a guy with a weapon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, like, that's that's my my only, I guess, concern with Sekiro is, like, I hope that they're able to include a lot more variety than we've seen because basically it was just like a bunch of samurai and their their flunkies and then like the only two things that sort of stood out were the the chained ogre guy because he didn't have a weapon and he was like throwing himself around like he was in a wrestling game <laughs> and the the nun woman mm-hmm. So like I Again, I really hope they play up the supernatural stuff and we get a lot more variety than we saw because, like, I feel like it was basically, like, the same two fights over and over again. Yeah. And that that could get repetitive, especially because, like, like the, the Souls games, and, like, Bloodborne does it a lot as well, is there'll be, like, big mobs of the same enemy over and over again. But because of the way the combat is designed, you can just run through and spam R1 and they die. And then you just run through it again. Whereas if you have to actually, like, really focus and duel with something, having to duel with the same thing over and over again, I worry, could get repetitive. I see, yeah. Yeah. Like, a good example is, like, before the Gargoyles and Dark Souls 1, there's, like, that huge room of just hollows with broken swords. Mm -hmm. And, like, that's, like- it's fine because those things die in one hit and you don't even need to lock on. You can just stand in the doorway and wail on them and they will eventually just die. But if you had to, like, actually engage one-on-one with them, it would be insufferable. Or it would be super cool. Remember the Crazy 88? Yeah. 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 Do you think Sekiro is the Kill Bill prequel? How would that work? Hmm. Neo could be a Kill Bill prequel. How would that work? Because Hattori Hanzo's in it. And Kill Bill has the whole thing about the Hattori Hanzo sword. O-M-G. Neo Neo is interesting because, like, it's kind of like Forrest Gump. Where just like every remotely famous thing that happened during that period happens to the character in Neo, but it does <laughs> it doesn't really explain it if you don't already know. So like if you don't know who Hattori Hanzo is, the game offers absolutely no context. He just shows up and it expects you to understand who this is. <laughs> and you're like like if if you don't if you don't know why like the the Tachibana clan are important. Uh, you're going to be massively confused. <laughs> and 
It makes no attempt to explain who they are. It gets to the point at the end where they're all throwing around the term Neo, which I'd never heard before, but is apparently like, it's like a legendary thing about two generals. And they're all like, oh, we're just like the Neo. And I'm just, I feel like I'm bullshitting my way through a job interview, just going, yeah, the Neo. (laughs) This is just like, that's exactly what I was thinking. We are just like the Neo. (laughs) So what you're saying is we need a Neo episode where we explain all the references. Well, didn't you say you gave up after three minutes? I feel like I'm being called out right now, Richie. Why are you putting me on the spot like that? I'm just asking. I'm just for for (laughs) for our own sake. Yeah, I have a my my friend uh, who you I think you follow her on Twitter called Cute Pico. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She is a massive fan of the Samurai Warriors games, and Neo is made by the same people who make those. So she was really excited to play Neo. And like she knows all that stuff, but she she gave up on level one because it was a bit Aww. too punishing. So you know how every episode we should mention at least one person from the community? Is she from the community though? Well, she's from the human community. That's true. We're all part of the community. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh she has a Twitch, right? Yes, she is twitch.com slash cutepiku, that is C-U-T-E-P-I-K-U. And she streams semi-regularly and she plays a lot of old console role-playing games. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, check her out. Say that the Snark Covenant sends their regards. Yep. She also does art streams sometimes. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. We should we should have her on to, to get her to explain what the fuck's going on in Neo. Yeah. <laughs> she, know, <laughs> totally. she knows all that stuff. That is perfect. My my Neo playthrough largely involved me sending her like screenshots and saying, Who is this? <laughs> why is this man dressed as a moth? Oh, he's this guy and he had leprosy and that's why he's got the mask. Oh, I see. Oh, uh, that is perfect. Well looks like we have episode uh <laughs> Something, something lined the, the up. The best part of, of Neo is, like, there's a level that I was stuck on for three hours because I had no idea where to go. And I was complaining about it to Mai. And she said, no, that's historically accurate. Because they would build castles that were intentionally confusing so intruders would not want to go in them. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, yeah, it's good, but it makes me not want to play the game as well. It's like it's worked a bit <laughs> too well and I've been running around in fucking circles. For the best part of an evening. (laughs) And then I looked at, like, a YouTube walkthrough and they did it in two minutes. Because, like, 90% of the level is optional and just exists to confuse you. (laughs) Maya's also cool, but I don't think she has Twitch and stuff like that. No. she Actually, if you go to Duckfeed and look at their bonfire side chat... Uh, season from 2016. Mai has an episode about Neo. Oh, snap! Where she Perfect. talks to Gary and Cole about all the historical and folklore stuff from Neo. So, I'll link uh, all that stuff in the description. Yep. Oh my god, Richie, I just saw a character do the impossible. Beat the four kings. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> Okay, this this is something that's bothering me in every game. Where you know how your character is like 
super strong and super powerful and can do this non-human maneuvers. But then if there's like a fence or sometimes one step, they can't they do can't. it. Yeah. They're just like, no. So I just saw the character. There's like this fence and on top of it, the fence has spikes. So like fence with spikes. That's like, no, you'll never pass it. You know what it did? Just jumped over it. Just like, I don't care. Wow. I, I love this game. I will pre-order it. I will endorse it for the rest of my life. I will support the team that made it, except for the EA part or whatever. But <laughs> It's Activision. It's Activision. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, I'll cut that out. <laughs> and a big thanks to the makers of Sekiro. Activision. No, it's really, it's come to life now that it's falling apart, like they always do. <laughs> but the first half is just, like, describing it, and then you start going off on a tangent, and that's when it comes to life. Well, sometimes people point out that I often get things wrong, and I felt like, <laughs> oh, this is going to be the episode where I don't get anything wrong. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm really impressed with his ability to jump over the fence. Yeah. Well, uh, right, there's this guy called Mario. You're going to be really impressed. Okay. He jumps, he jumps over everything. He's, in, he's unstoppable. Oh, my God, that's amazing. Yeah. Is he popular? Uh, well, you know, he's, he's, he's all right. Which are you looking forward to more, Sekiro or Derasine? Oh. Ever since I played Echo Knight, yeah. I've been looking forward to Derasine a lot. How far did you get in Echo Knight? Um, I think I'm almost at the end. What happened is um, I went into a cemetery and then it was really, really scary. And then German was chasing me. And then it took me a couple of tries, but I, I got away. But yeah. then when I finished that level, you can't go back, right? Yeah, you can't. Yeah. Okay. And when I finished it, um, I couldn't progress. And I was confused why. Like, there's a ghost I have to kill, but I couldn't kill it. And when I looked at a walkthrough, it was like, oh, yeah, when German was chasing you, you saw a corpse. I'm like, yeah, I did. And what you were supposed to do is like examine it and take a pendant from the corpse. Yeah. But I didn't because I got scared and I ran away. And now I don't have the pendant needed to kill the ghost and I can't go back in the level. So I have to start from a previous save. And I was like, and I didn't touch it you since. You probably are able to go back because that's- No, um, you can't. I tried. No, because you- That is some King's Quest bullshit. <laughs> you go to the level by touching the broken plate. But once you yeah. touch it and finish the level, the plate disappears because it's in your inventory. Oh, okay. So you can't touch it at that place anymore. Can't you kill the ghost by turning the lights on? There are no lights. That's the point. You're supposed to kill it by showing it a pendant or something. Okay. Wait, King's Kingsfield, you said? King's Quest. King's Quest? What's yeah. that? It's a series of adventure games that's full of that shit where, like, you, you discover you know, three quarters of the way through that you can't progress because you used an item wrong. Like, but there's no way to fix it. Oh, no. 
Like, there's, there's one where you can only beat a Sasquatch by throwing a pie at it. But you get the pie, like, a really long time before the Sasquatch, and there's a bunch of other things you could do with the pie. But if you do any of them, you cannot beat the Sasquatch. And you have to start the game again. You know what? I would be really good at that. Do you know why? Because in games, if I get items which seem to be, like, limited, or it's just one item, I never use it. Yeah, but then you wouldn't be able to progress at all, because all the puzzles are like that. Yeah, then I would be just, like, I would be hoarding items on level one. <laughs> so I guess I wouldn't be good at it at all, huh? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. That's one thing I don't like about Bloodborne, and I guess I'm going to have mixed feelings about Sekiro. Yeah. Is that... There's, like, you know how you have bullets? Yeah. But they're limited, so I feel very uncomfortable using them. Yeah, all right, here's the thing. I think, like, there's a lot of back and forth about the farming and Bloodborne being bullshit. And it is. But I think the reason they do it that way is to encourage- Because the whole point of Bloodborne was to encourage you to play aggressively. So, I think the idea there is that- they made the blood vials a consumable thing that you got from enemies after you killed them to encourage you to fight enemies. Mm-hmm. The problem with it is that, like, it just became farming. Yeah. Sekiro seems to be addressing that by having the healing thing automatically refill like it's Estus. But and then having seemingly, as far as the demo is concerned, every enemy you kill gives you ammo for the prosthetic arm. So that seems like a better way of doing it. That like you can't run out of heals, but you you're encouraged to engage with enemies to get ammo for the arm. Then and also because the ammo for the arm, at least in the demo, is capped at fifteen. And you tended to get like between like three and some were giving you ten ammo back every time you killed someone. It looked like it was encouraging you to experiment with the arm a lot more, rather than seeing it as like a finite thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that that seems to be like a good sort of middle ground that they found. Okay, because you can see that they were trying to avoid like Demon Souls, where you can just farm ninety nine of everything right. by capping the blood vials you got at ten, uh, twenty. Yeah, yeah, but then like it still did become like oh shit, I'm out of blood vials, I have to go farm. Yeah, yeah. So this like. It's not even, like, a a random drop thing. It looks like everything gives you these, like, spirit, white paper spirit things. And you also- You seems to get more depending on, like, the method you use to dispatch stuff. So, like, maybe you would get more if you did backstabs and things like that. So, Mm -hmm. I think, like, they've- If this is working the way it seems to be in my head, then, like, this (laughs) seems like a good- this seems like a best of both worlds thing where like you can't you can't run out of the resource that you absolutely need, but it's also encouraging you to play aggressively. Okay, that's good. Also, fun fact, I'm good at aggressive games. I'm good at stealth games as yeah. well as aggressive games, but I'm really bad at games where you require like patience with a shield and stuff. Oh, this will be good then. Yeah. Yeah, like my boyfriend was like telling me like how he, like, Bloodborne was hard for him to understand at first. Yeah. Because he's so used to Souls, which is more tactical, I guess. And then 
for me, it was like, no, nah, let's do this once I actually liked Bloodborne. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So this is cool. Hey. Yay. All right. And my boyfriend just woke up. Hi, love. Hi, love. He's like, <laughs> he had a cameo in your last stream. We saw his hand. Babe, you had a cameo in my last stream. We saw your hand. <laughs> He's like, mm-hmm, he just woke up. <laughs> also, oh yeah, and last stream was the best stream ever, because I ate Lebanese food on stream. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a, lo- a lot of streamers try to be very professional with their presentation, whereas this was just like, like uh, an angle on you just like your full body and shot with a, just eating out of a bowl of food with a fork and constantly talking with your mouth full. Well, that's what I did without a cam, so I'm keeping it authentic, right? That's No, it's true. Like, there's a lack of pretense. Corvo's <laughs> uh, here. He says hi. Say hi to Richie. Say hi, Corvo. Hi. He's shy. Oh, he's not talking. He's shy, yeah. yeah. Okay, thanks for coming by. So this is... Is this going in at all? Oh, yeah. And now you have to do the outro. Isn't this kind of the outro already? Maybe, but you have to do the official outro. We're professionals now. That was episode 15. <laughs> uh... Although in, like, recording order, it's episode 19 or something. (laughs) Of The Snake Covenant. Uh, Thank you for making it through to the end. If you've come over from Lance's channel, this is one of the shorter and more coherent ones. (laughs) There's another Sekiro episode where we were just talking about the trailer that is, like, borderline experimental. It's the first (laughs) non-narrative podcast. It's just like... We had two Sekiro trailer analysis, though. Yeah, but one of them them is alright. One of them is terrible. Which one's which, though? I think the first one we did where it's like the history of different From Software games and how they might influence this game. I think that's a good history lesson, like an overview of From's From's library. And then the second one is just us saying this looks a lot like a Souls game, and we don't want that again. <laughs> but now, the, now that it doesn't look like a Souls game, that whole video is is in like pointless. There's no reason for it to exist at all. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, also, um, we mentioned uh, your friend, who's a Twitch streamer. Yes, yes. So you can mention her again. Okay, we're now mentioning again uh, <laughs> the the Twitch streamer, Cute Piku, who is uh, twitch.com slash C-U-T-E-P-I-K-U, who streams a lot of Japanese RPGs from the 90s and early 2000s. And also likes the Samurai Warriors games, but uh, she doesn't stream those very often. Mm-hmm. And I'll also link uh, my Zdakir episode, Bonfire yep. Sidechair episode, in the description. Yeah. Um, oh, and if you look in the description, you'll see a link to our Discord. And 
like um, link to Rich's channel and some other stuff. Yeah. And apparently, Marionette didn't know this, but we have a red bubble store with a couple of merchandise. So check it I, out I if did. you feel like it. Yeah. Wait, what? I forgot we had one. Okay. Because I told you and I showed you. Yeah, but I forgot. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. My favorite is the salt basket. <laughs> have you seen that one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, put your salt here and get good. 